Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to the sixth episode of Fresh Buns, and uh, I would really like it if you guys uh, follow, subscribe to our Spotify and our Instagram and our YouTube because since uh, since the past few days our Instagram page has been popping <laughs> a lot. We had this uh, challenge this week called hashtag You Say It We Played, and we got a lot of game suggestions and uh, the winner for this week's game suggestion you say it we play it was Rommel and he came up with the suggestion of Slender let's clap for Rommel please <laughs> actually we had uh, quite a few uh, suggestions this week mm-hmm. same like last week <laughs> we had quite a few suggestions this week and uh, three to- the top three were uh, the last yeah, Age of Empires. Last by that suggestion was by Pranav. By Pranav. Yeah, the uh, last of us was by Samir, and uh, Slenderman was by Rommel. Yeah, and, and uh, we decided to make our guest play Slender this time <laughs> because uh, a survival horror genre is something that we haven't really tapped into. Yeah, and uh, we thought it would be a nice. Experience. Nice. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Did you like it? Did you like playing it? Yeah, it was it was quite fun, even though it was quite pointless for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just roaming around, but that you'll see in the gameplay. We were trying to figure out. But guys, did you hear that? You heard the third voice, right? You heard the third voice, right? <laughs> that is our <laughs> guest for today's episode. Let's clap for John. <laughs> so yeah, we have John here today with us. And we're very excited for this episode and you'll see exactly why. <laughs> you thought Oprah's interview of Meghan <laughs> and Harry was like, you know, controversial. Guys, you you don't know what's coming at you, honestly. <laughs> Watch uh, out, Oprah. <laughs> I believe this is going to be an insightful episode. We're going to keep the, the jokes down a bit, but uh, it's going to teach you guys a lot and maybe you can get some sort of knowledge from this episode you'll get to know about what we're talking about soon uh, enough yeah yeah soon enough so, so yeah over to you john just like hi <laughs> i thought you guys would like ask me some questions <laughs> so i've known john since a while now quite a while and uh, john has okay just let me tell you guys <laughs> this I, we should mention it but because we want to preserve John's privacy, his her alias is going to remain as John. We do not want to get Disclose her, the name. his her actual name out. Yeah. Yes, because the contents of this podcast can get a bit heavy. So yeah. So John, what what is it that you're gonna be telling us for this episode? Okay, so I guess um everyone that knows me knows that I was basically uh, I've lived in this ashram for mm-hmm. three years and uh, I came back home last year um, and I haven't really spoken about this like publicly I have mm-hmm. to my friends and stuff um, <laughs> yeah so basically Siddhant uh, messaged me and said uh, hey you know I could you come on my podcast and you would have a lot of insights about spirituality and things like that and I was like um hey look <laughs> I know I was in an ashram but it's kind of not an ashram it's a cult 
Yeah, I heard the C word and I was I was uh, like He was uh, like oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Spooky word not to go there. <laughs> yeah. Um it was crazy, yeah, but I don't know where to start honestly. Okay. Um that's that's I, I guess that's why we are the hosts yeah. right yeah, so yeah. we should uh, Okay, so we how did this had a job honestly. Yeah. <laughs> we we have one job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so how did you get to know about the cult how what made you go to the ashram yeah okay so i've like been a follower okay so basically this is nityananda's ashram right yeah and uh, so i had been his follower since i was about 11 years old oh um, huh. yeah oh, since you were so, a small kid yeah then. since i was mm-hmm. a kid um my mom got introduced to it by a friend and then we would just go for like meditation programs on the weekend and what not and his ashram is in bangalore so mm-hmm. um it was pretty easy for us to go there all the time so summers weekends all that stuff um and i was pretty young so i never questioned any of this i never really thought about whether it's real not real true not true mm. and at that point of time there was nothing in the media about him either mm. so kind of we just kind of went with it so he was just uh, at that point of time he was just coming up he was just coming up mm. yeah and he was pretty popular that mm. like uh, if you would go to his ashram on like say shivratri or one of those days oh, today shivratri shivratri <laughs> yeah fun <laughs> um yeah so if you went to his ashram on any of these days there would be like at least 10000 people there oh, you wow. cannot even walk it's wow. like a so sea what, of people so what it is is he like a god man or does he how do how, how do you describe himself self, yeah at that point of time he just described himself as an enlightened master he was very zen about things you know i'm just here mm. to teach you guys things take mm. you to a place kind of thing so mm-hmm. like just another just person another, preaching and, yeah. yeah okay i mean he didn't consider himself like a normal human being even then okay he, he said i'm enlightened and i have powers and i have this oh, and that okay, and whatever okay. mm-hmm. but he wasn't the way he is now at okay. all very different mm-hmm. and he was very young back then i mean he was like barely 30 something ha huh, okay So it was um, just meditation yeah, and like very preaching. mainstream spirituality meditation hmm. and you know very zen teachings mm-hmm. that kind of stuff um now over the past few years he's straight up you know like i am shiva and i'm here to save the world and hinduism is declining and dying and it's an and endangered and i'm the savior and i'm the savior mm-hmm. and he calls himself the pope of hinduism which is hilarious the pope of hinduism <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now he wants to like found a nation which is mm-hmm. like he wants to get an island and he wants all like hindus to go there outcast hindus to find a home there okay i mean oh, it's not he, like i don't know what he thinks he's like i think i know why he calls himself <laughs> the pope and why he wants his own country because he saw the pope and he was like yeah. oh this guy has vatican <laughs> city what do i have <laughs> i also want <laughs> <laughs> okay okay yeah so um, when when you were a kid your parents were into it right yeah and when you were a kid did you uh did you disown the knowledge that was given to you at that point of time or only when you realized it later when you grew up the knowledge from him yeah the knowledge from him because i happen to also have gone uh, i mean it's i think it's a regular indian household thing yeah. to actually follow gurus and yeah, men, of, and men and yeah. women of god and stuff so when i was a kid i used to actually bring my uh, game boy advance in the sense my handheld console into the into the ashram and play because i didn't really give yeah. a, a a shit because i couldn't understand i was too young yeah yeah later on yeah maybe yes yeah. a little bit uh, i think it was the same for me at that mm. point of time at 11 i i didn't understand anything i just kind of mm-hmm. went there because i went there i made friends there 
okay. of other you know like other kids and mm-hmm. so I would just look forward to seeing them okay. it was like that but I think by the time I was maybe 14, 15 mm-hmm. like I started understanding the teachings mm-hmm. and stuff which honestly are good not not to give credit to him he kind of just steals it from wherever he wants and just talks about it it's mainstream okay. spiritual stuff for we are consciousness we are more than this body blah 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know the usual stuff right. um which made sense to me right. and um, as a 15 year old i really felt like i had my shit together because of that okay um and that continued and the problem is that when you're a teenager who's into something like this mm-hmm. um there's always going to be like friends asking you like why or like people making fun of you yeah of, of course. course yeah and that defines kind of made me more um mm. like believe it more if that yeah, makes sense yeah 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 mm. um like there is someone who's telling me there is more to me or you know yeah. just yeah. like this like you're on a different level as compared to the others you yeah. you, you believe that and you just hold on to that when people are making fun of exactly. you exactly and when you're into that kind of stuff you kind of also feel like you can't relate to people mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. you just feel like everything is futile yeah and i think i went through that for a bit and um i mean it's not like i was not involved in life or mm-hmm. you know i went to college i did normal college things and whatever but i also followed a few things very staunchly like i didn't drink i think okay. the first time i had a drink was in masters which mm. is very unusual <laughs> so for our generation so we took a few years back a few years back okay. yeah mm-hmm. um so Yeah those things kind of made me feel like I was part of something more than mm-hmm. whatever else is going on right. in the world right right and that continued for a while mm-hmm. once i got to masters i was kind of like looking in the other direction saying okay i can't keep doing this mm-hmm. okay now here's another thing so since i was 11 right mm-hmm. um so nityanand is crazy like he has a crazy memory of knowing people knowing you who are your parents what do they do what are your interests what are you looking for in life i mean he can have 10000 devotees but he knows all of them he's like a database in himself yeah 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 so he know and that's a look- huge strength for him because yeah. then each person feels like he's like some omnipotent yeah, yeah. being mm. who knows me and sees me more than i see myself so like he gives that it's feeling. safe to assume that he's he's highly intelligent oh yeah for sure i mean i don't mm. think you can pull off half the shit he's pulled off without being mm-hmm. that intelligent mm. interesting mm. and um he's very uh he's very clear about the kind of people he wants to recruit into being a sanyasi for him like mm. you know people mm. very well educated mm. um from a good family speak english really well that's like super important to him speak english really well yeah <laughs> because oh, i don't know maybe that gives like the impression of intelligence or something to him so yeah a lot of his videos also are all in english only when he yeah. talks mm. about yeah about himself or the things that he's doing it's yeah. all of it is in english and yeah. he didn't Correct. know any english when he started out like he's literally from a village in uh-huh, tamil uh-huh, yeah mm-hmm. and he learned it himself he read books he watched movies mm. he's a voracious reader which mm-hmm. is why oh. a lot of times it sounds like he knows what he's saying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he's just rephrasing things he's read mm-hmm. and if he had just um let himself be that like just said you know i'm a teacher i read things and i'm want to teach it to you it would have been fine Yeah. but he, that was obviously you know not, not enough it, for him yeah mm-hmm. um i forgot what i was saying <laughs> 15 years old and after that you felt like your friends were not okay yeah, yeah. so yeah and what i was saying is so he kind of grooms everybody from a very young age mm-hmm. into feeling like you need to take sanyas when you're older mm-hmm. so from when i was 11 and my sister would have been maybe 8 or 9 he so told wh- both of us that so what is this concept of uh, sanyas to the people So sanyas is, is basically monkhood. 
Okay. In Hinduism, it's where you kind of renounce society, your family, everything, your mm-hmm. material possessions, mm-hmm. and you kind of go out into like a forest or a hill, just kind of seclude yourself and just mm-hmm. spend your time, all your time, just contemplating on what life is and what you are, who you are, okay. and that is supposed to be a very uh, powerful path to get enlightened. Okay. Um, yeah. So. his his teachings are all about that like getting okay. enlightened and he wanted uh, he wanted you and your sister to attain sanyasi yeah or sanyas yeah but he will never I tell you go be a sanyasi by yourself in rishikesh he'll be like come join my ashram and be my sanyasi oh so work under you yeah so all mm. of this is only <coughs> so only your mom and you used to go also your dad is like is it not f- my dad so my mom my sister and i used to go okay my dad was like not into it at all And mm. in the ashram, were there a lot of men as well who were like his followers? Or yeah, quite a few men. Huh. Quite a few men. It's like pretty equally divided. And he would encourage men also to take sannyas. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. Everybody okay. possible. Like he just wants the whole world to come take sannyas because that's free labor for him. Okay. Right, right. And um, you know, people are pretty qualified. Have a lot of expertise in so many things. He wants that, so mm. he can use it to his advantage. I think it's a way of uh, actually. <coughs> uh, documenting or actually proving that you have this sort of knowledge but people who think otherwise or have scientific knowledge on yeah. certain things they also approve of the knowledge that you have yeah so exactly, exactly. and that that was mm. his big thing you know he would always like in press conferences and stuff would he would say mm-hmm. like you know look at the people around me like yeah. this woman is a doctor for the mm-hmm. past like 15 years why does she believe in why me does she believe in basically me? giving him validation, validation right yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and that actually validated it for the rest of us there also right like like i was telling you right like exactly. i would look at the people around me and they're all completely logical sane educated people mm-hmm. so if they believe in him why not there, me there has yeah. to be something to it yeah right? okay. it can't be a lie huh um so you said you joined when you lived in his ashram for 3 years yeah so, so this is the ashram in bangalore itself in bangalore right? okay um so i didn't live in the bangalore ashram for the entirety of 3 years okay I lived in the Bangalore. So I finished my masters. Right after the uh, for during my masters, I I kind of stopped going to my going to the ashram. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, one I was not in Bangalore. I was in Manipal. Mm. Okay. And secondly, um, I just kind of was not feeling it at that point of time. I was like, I don't right. know. I don't want to do this. I was just okay. feeling kind of out of it. So I kind of avoided the whole ashram thing. And then after my masters got over. I went there and then he was like oh I haven't seen you in so many years why haven't you come mm-hmm. all that stuff mm-hmm. and just like put a lot of guilt into me about this whole like you know he's like okay you finished your masters now come take sanyas it's time mm. you know what are you doing out there what's there it's just a rat race everybody's in the same uh, stuck in the same loop you know you're and not going to achieve anything he was having these conversations with you generally telling people or no no or an individual one on one with me Okay okay. So he I mean we know each other personally because he's seen me for so many years. Exactly. And he he has that. He has a personal relationship with so Everyone. many people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not a big thing for him. Right. Um so yeah, he said you know it's time you're meant to be and he kind of because he gives off this omnipotent vibe mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. um, he's like you know I know I know what your life is supposed to be and this is why you're even here and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had like a, I mean I was already in the middle of an existential crisis of like you know what is life yeah. like you 
work you study you work you get married you die mm-hmm. like, what is the point so i was already in that and then he says this so i'm like okay fuck it <laughs> let's just do it and um i just kind of jumped into it and my mom i think was pretty upset about it because she was like okay you can go to the ashram that's fine but why sanyas like that's a very huge step mm-hmm. but i was just in a very defiant mood at the time and okay. i just went for it and what was what were the first okay so you already know the people there since you yeah. uh you've been privy to the whole thing for a long time but what were the first few days in the ashram like so actually being and living in the ashram what what did you have to do there um so as soon as i joined he um so there's this thing with the people who live there okay. you are either in a department which is like it's kind of like a weird hierarchy unsaid hierarchy mm-hmm. like if you're part of like maintenance and electrical and mm-hmm. construction and those things you're kind of like a little bit sided or like the kitchen because it's like so much physical labor involved and stuff right right mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. it's usually the poorer um uneducated tamil nadu devotees who take right. sanyas who end up doing those jobs okay okay um and then is there is there a a term as to how how you people describe because uh, when we when we see you right when you yeah. in the in an ashram you all change your name to manitya something yeah so are all a, of you do you all of you take that particular terminology yeah that that's name? called like that's called your spiritual name and that's okay. supposed to be your name from that point on right and um it's usually like i don't know some sanskrit word okay um for me okay i can't even say my name <laughs> <laughs> okay um say it's supposing it's manitya premananda okay so okay. it would be like your path towards enlightenment is say love oh shri okay, nitya okay. pujananda his oh, path would okay. be puja Okay, so okay. your name is kind of your path mm-hmm. so it's like an embodiment of who you are and also who you need to be mm-hmm. that kind of thing so mm-hmm. to to say everyone had this name yeah and uh, everyone was at least when it came to names everyone was treated equally yeah with the names it was kind of random assignment okay um <laughs> there's a funny thing uh, so a lot of names have the word priya in it right mm-hmm. um uh purna priya right or sadashiva priya right. like a priya mm-hmm. those are supposed to be this is like something he would tell only those girls mm-hmm. and nobody else would know but those are supposed to be like oh priya means like oh you're in love with me like your path is to be in love with me oh wow <laughs> it's like this uh, sort of an obsession Creepy. with the yeah but yeah. it's not an obsession where i say i'm obsessed with you you tell me that you're, you're obsessed, obsessed with, with me and that's why this is your <laughs> name <laughs> <Yeah>. okay yeah <laughs> Okay, okay. Yeah, like there are small things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so how would he pick these girls? Like, how would he decide who are these people who he calls by this or, name? Was there like an admission form or something? Yeah, mm-hmm. like I some mean, criteria. anybody and everybody is welcome to come take sanyas. He's more no, than happy about okay, it. No, that's okay, but but the these one, girls with Priya, Priya are them. Yeah, I think just young girls my age, basically. <laughs> okay. All mm-hmm. of I mean, just girls he was maybe attracted to. I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his criteria. I'm just guessing that's his criteria based on the, all the priyas I know. Oh, okay, so the priyas were basically on his perception of attractiveness or who he found I guess, uh, yeah. attractive. But I mean, if your name didn't have that doesn't mean he's not going to hit on you. But <laughs> So, um, okay, so that was, was like it, just a thing. So, hit on you meaning he would openly hit on you like he would say things to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's so, uh, friendly 
uh, f- was this a friendly way of flirting or it was a very weird way um mm-hmm. okay so i'll tell you the first year that i was there mm-hmm. i was completely unaware of this entire thing going on behind the scenes okay of him hitting on people and him sleeping with people and i knew nothing about it i didn't suspect it i like just defended the heck out of him or to anybody who would you know messed me and be like hey look i read this news article are you sure you want to be there and mm. i'd be like no 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 it's all lies mm. and what what was your age at this time this was When so um after i finished my master so 22 22 okay mm. 22 23 um yeah so that's how it was mm-hmm. um so 2017 i joined mm-hmm. there 2017 august 2018 june he left so a year later so one year that i lived there he was also there mm-hmm. and he would keep telling me um so it's okay so it's a thing there so like i was telling you right like all these Tamil Nadu devotees would become sannyasis would mm-hmm. do like these menial labor jobs. Mm-hmm. Um the more educated um well off kind of people would do like more public um things like, like public relations kind of like okay. in the programs department. So where you actually media, meet new people social media relations. publications. I was I okay I should not say that. Anyway, so like I'm kind of a No, I wouldn't call it a business, but like some sort of business development, like meeting people, talking to people. Yeah, yeah. there would okay. be people who would actively go out and try to, um, you know, through connections, meet celebrities, mm-hmm. meet people, mm-hmm. businessmen, get money in. Mm-hmm. Um, so those people would do that, right? right? And then there would be a bunch of people who would be in his team, which okay. is the people who take care of him. So mm-hmm. he claims that his body is very. um sensitive needs a lot of care because it's holding in too much energy and so he needs to have a special diet um a special amount of sleep or no sleep sometimes like he was very crazy about that mm-hmm. and um lots of like crazy crazy care right and so there would be like 10 people 15 people like just in charge of looking after his life Was there a therapist in this team because I think really needed a therapist also. <laughs> I don't think I think he's beyond a therapist at this point. Maybe Seriously. when he was a kid. But <laughs> also guys, uh, I wanted to interrupt and tell you that John is also uh has studied psychology. So John has a lot of information and knowledge uh based on psycholog- psychological subjects and everything. And uh, he's on he heard is on their way to studying masters in uh, psychology. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm to understand right, it was like the ashram is his universe and he is the center of the universe. Pretty much, yeah. So everything that happens is either Around to serve him, him yeah. or support his serve ideologies, his purpose, yeah. everything. Yeah. So and like you said 10 people, 15 people just, just for his service. Yeah, for his service. Okay. And these 10, 15 people, um you know, like a, a few of them would be like say our mom's age. Mm-hmm. Okay. you know be that mm-hmm. cook for him and mm-hmm. like cook his food and stuff mm-hmm. but everyone else was like just young girls between the age of say 22 all girls all girls where was the where was the male what was the male factory actually producing? okay okay it was all girls but okay. he was very open to having boys as a part of it also because he is bisexual and that's he, his orientation yeah okay. he and his his theory and what he teaches all his devotees like out in public you can even find it on his youtube videos is mm-hmm. that all of humanity is bisexual and we are just in denial about it if we don't accept that oh and i think oh. that ties in very well 
to his purpose of abusing people <laughs> I need to go on grinder then and uh, <laughs> check his profile <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, if actually if it's right or not. But uh. well, his ashram is basically his own version of Tinder where everyone swipes right. Right. Yeah. To him all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised he doesn't have a dating app actually or does he? <laughs> he actually had an idea to make a matrimonial site okay. where he could like Find matches for himself, not for himself, <laughs> but for the devotee <laughs> amongst each other. But he wanted them to take sanya, so why would he want them to have like a matrimonial website? So here's another thing: like he didn't just abuse sanyasis; he abused like married men and women also. Abuse in the sense. So okay, so what he would do is, um, okay, so this is the way I experienced it the first time, right? Okay. So a year has gone by; he's left the country. Mm-hmm. Nobody's told where he's gone or why he's gone. And we were he had all left the country. This was when this was June. during uh, this year. Uh, last twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Okay. Yeah. So wait, okay. just to get the timeline right, you yeah. said you were with him for three years, right? Yeah. The ashram for three. So twenty seventeen to twenty twenty. So in the one year only, you were in the ashram, and he was also in the ashram. The yeah. other two years, years he, he was, was not he there because he fled. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There were um, a lot of allegations against him, and yeah. Okay. So what actually happened <coughs> is that so there's a huge rape case against him in mm-hmm. Karnataka, mm-hmm. and what actually happened was that he was being called to court, and, and if he did not go, he actually if he went, I think the way things would have gone is that he would have been arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he did not go, there would be you know a non-bailable warrant against him for not yep. going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he ran, um, and somehow he has friends in there in in like. I don't know the law. High places. Yeah, in higher places, and he got to know that this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So he left. He fled. None of us were told, and then we were told that he left because there was like an attempt on his life, which is also a thing he loves saying, because he thinks everyone is after him. Mm, um, interesting. I what? definitely didn't buy it even at the time because mm-hmm. I was like, that doesn't sound right. Right. Mm. But whatever. Um, he left, and then after he left. I one day got a call from one of the like administrators of the ashram, mm-hmm. and only all I knew at this point is only they are in touch with him. Nobody else knows anything. He's off his Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. So one day I get a call saying, uh, "Hey, add this some random ID on Facebook and send them a message, and nothing else." Right. So I was like, "Okay," messaged. It was him, and I was like, "Okay," like I Hi, was really shocked. No see. Hi, long time no <laughs> see. What's happening? And he was like, "Okay, firstly, don't tell anybody else you're in touch with me." Um, I'm only in touch with like very few people, mm-hmm. so like you know he tried to make it seem like oh I was like a chosen one kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I was like okay fine, um, and then he suddenly started like sending very inappropriate messages, and I was super shocked. I was like what is happening? Inappropriate uh, in the sense uh, <clears throat> inappropriate in the sense sexual yeah. messages yeah okay and he d- he said something very. creepy something along the lines of you know like okay you're a, you're a sanyasi you have no family no relationships nothing so you have to consider me as everything for you including a lover and i was like what <laughs> like it just sounded really weird but i am supposed to be giving up everything yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was very confusing and i so to this point actually there uh, sorry but sorry to interrupt yeah, but yeah. to this point apparently when you Enter the ashram, right? There yeah. are certain things unsaid, or uh, I think there are unsaid or said things where you have to just understand that, say, some sort of a uh, 
some sort of uh, a sexual advance will take place with you from him and you cannot do anything about it is that true um no i don't think when you enter the ashram you're told anything about it but okay. over time if he is if he wants that with you then yeah it is like that you and are not supposed to say no it becomes completely non-consensual i wouldn't okay so here is where the definition of um giving your consent comes in right i think it is non-consensual but not in an overt way like that it's right, not like right. you're held against your will and said told okay. you know you can't say no mm-hmm. for example i said no at this point okay okay so he explained to me that okay look um this is like a tantric spiritual path mm-hmm. this is the path that devi followed when shiva was like giving her enlightenment mm-hmm. you know so yeah it's just another path like every other and um you know he tried to go very like have like a feminist angle against it saying that mm. society has like put so much shame about sex into all of you that you don't understand it anymore so i can't openly talk about this but mm-hmm. it is a thing mm-hmm. and i was like fine i'm okay with that logic just i don't want it i don't want this this okay. is not a path that i want mm-hmm. i don't care if it's wrong for me i don't want it because mm. i was just so horrified and so at this point when you say no does it become a so will he just ask you to leave is consenting to him a prerequisite to continue to living in the ashram no it's no. not so okay. he at first said yeah okay fine that's fine Hmm. But then after that, tried to put so much guilt into me about it. Hmm. You know, guilt like guilt into you through Facebook messaging itself. Yeah. Oh wow. Saying um, you will never get enlightenment. You will never. You're not fulfilling your life's purpose by saying no. And let me tell you, once the door is closed, it's never going to open again. So you better think about it. That's such bullshit. Yeah, like crazy guilt. And I thankfully stood my ground and said, like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I don't want to be enlightened. It's fine. I just I don't want no, this. No, so what were your okay, you're not okay, not supposed to speak about it, but uh, what about like your parents? Did you speak to them about no, it? No. You're not even allowed to speak to like another sanyasi about it. And once it started happening to me, I kind of started paying more attention to other girls and noticing like they are constantly on their phones messaging somebody. Like we are not supposed to have friends. We don't message anybody. Huh. And that's when I was like, okay, this has to be him. They're all messaging him. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. then one day I go up to one of them and I'm like kind I like I kind of asked her about it and she said yeah 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 you too I was like yeah me too and that's when I said I realized like he's basically sexting all of these girls and boys that I came to know later oh my god mm. um and they're all kind of going with it and a lot of them come from you know like traditional conservative backgrounds mm-hmm. would never do this mm. even with their husband but have no choice but to do this and here where it's like it's not overtly saying that you don't have consent mm-hmm. but it is because when you're there all your your survival in that place basically depends on your opinion of him i mean his opinion of you wow. and if you defy wow. him then you're like giving that up that is actually a big statement because imagine being in a place where if you you're already in the place right you're already in that ecosystem that environment and there is somebody in the middle and you have to make sure that that person doesn't catch your eye in any bad way because yeah. already you cannot escape it and yeah. secondly if you try to or if you go try going against that person you don't know the repercussions of it yeah, either oh against is like you are screwed mm-hmm. okay you cannot say a word against him Um and also you're so brainwashed that you you never do. Yeah, you, 
you never exactly. do exactly you you've reached a level where it's it's too hard to even take a step yeah, back yeah yeah right? mm. and not accepting all of what he says mm-hmm. means that you're giving up all of your beliefs for me this is my belief since i was 11 mm-hmm. it's a lot and you don't do it it's it's too difficult to do and you don't do it and that's the reason i didn't for so many so it's one year in right mm-hmm. i lived there for two more years after knowing this mm. but you weren't in proximity with him physical I, proximity yeah and i am so glad because if i was then i don't know what would have happened but right. i thankfully was not and thankfully he only approached me after he left mm-hmm. yeah 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 um when i think when i think back now he gave a lot of hints even before when he was there i was just too daft to catch it because i did not honestly think that was possible because uh it's safe to say you didn't see as him you just saw him as a spiritual leader yeah i never saw him in, in that light yeah right mm-hmm. and when all this happened uh i kind of realized that everything every newspaper has said about him ever is true like really? shit it's true those weren't just rumors that uh, no and you know what it it was so funny that because while this was happening mm-hmm. i was put into um something called the legal department right. which handles all of the uh, one the legal cases against him but also the social media attacks on him and things like that mm-hmm. or like newspaper articles about him anything mm-hmm. of that sort right So at this point of time I was in some project where I had to collect a lot of all of the newspaper articles about him since 2010. Mhm. So this is happening and at the same time I'm reading all of that. And I was like shit it's all true. Shit man that's like my job as a criminal lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I have to read about the shit that they've yeah. that's been pulled off but at the same time it's all true you can't, yeah. you can't and then yeah. you just make up this mindset where you have to defend because yeah. that's that becomes your job essentially right? Yeah. yeah. And you're you're in the same situation yeah. where you're put in this project and you're You have to think of ways to defy all of exactly, what they said but you exactly. know it's true. but you just turn a blind eye to it because pretty much yeah you take your project on a much more uh, i mean you give it more priority yeah mm-hmm. yeah no but this would have required so much you know belief in what he is and what he because when you it know it is crazy belief when yeah, i think about it because yeah. if you have to defend all of these allegations and the back of your head you know oh my god this might actually be happening yeah. but to stand your ground and say that okay no i will defend him yeah. i am a part of this ashram i, yeah. I do follow him yeah. so that becomes very difficult especially yeah. as a 22 23 year old you don't know how to make that difference what to do what not to do and plus you're not even allowed to talk to your parents yeah. right i mean that's like you know there's this thing in in psychology we call it rationalizing mm-hmm. just basically just intellectualize and rationalize everything that's happening around you even though my gut feeling tells me like this is something is not right here like mm-hmm. i had that feeling for the entire 2 years after this incident Wow. But that would have been I did not heavy. listen to it at all. Mm-hmm. You know. There's What about this uh, I mean since we're talking about psychology there's this term you might have come across called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance. It's when you're it's when there yeah. are facts laid in front of you but your belief yeah. of mm. that is so strong clouds that it. it just completely clouds yeah. it. So cognitive so, dissonance is a hell of a drug. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> did you go did you have that feeling because yeah. as I see it now you were at the from the age of 11 you it's been building up building up building up yeah. to a point where you literally dropped that yeah mm. i mean like the facts are all completely in front of me mhm but like my belief is so strong and i don't know i feel like for me specifically more than the belief it was the fear of what would happen if i would i didn't have those beliefs 
right. suddenly i don't have life figured out mm-hmm. i i have to give up everything that i've thought about the way the world works mm-hmm. and come up with something else i don't know what um i think that was more scary for me than and also i think maybe i don't know if you had it this fear of what will people say now like i gave up everything and yeah. i came to this ashram yeah i think at that point of time i definitely had that yeah what will people say yeah. will they accept me back what yeah. what will they have to say about yeah. me yeah i mean i also like you know i had to defy my parents to come there and yeah. like all of my friends mm. basically were like what are you doing don't mm. do this of course but i said no i i was like i was so adamant that i knew what i was doing mm-hmm. um yeah and having to like take that all back yeah was very you know it was not an option yeah yeah what about um, his uh, sorry yeah, yeah. yeah no, what about on. his ashram in ahmedabad there was the stories about his <laughs> yeah. ashram in ahmedabad so 29 2018 is where we were right so 20 a year later for a, next one year i was just in the bangalore ashram doing random stuff whatever um 2019 i went to the ahmedabad ashram okay and i was there and um it was supposed to be like an all girls ashram mm. so only oh. women Yeah um and then after that uh so I was in Gujarat and it was like basically the the reason he sent everybody to Gujarat was because Gujarat is like known to have a lot of very wealthy businessmen um mm-hmm. so he kind of wanted us to tap into that market and get these people to donate to But his cause How did you figure out this intention of his uh because a, a year ago a few people from gujarat had come to one of his ashrams in right. bangalore for a program right. so these people were like okay you know what you know they kind of had bought into the entire thing and they said we'll help you set up over there and mm-hmm. we'll get you contacts and these these were people with crazy contacts there right super rich people right so um they said yeah and then a few people went and then eventually like everybody was sent there all the girls were sent there mm-hmm. um and He's like super paranoid about uh women and men sanyasis like even talking to each other. Like we had a rule we could not talk to the men. So So if you wanted uh, some sort of a communication you had to go through him. Um yeah, like there were a few people, like 3 4 people who we could go through them. Right. Um and so yeah, we were absolutely not allowed to interact with the opposite gender and then he made it like Gujarat ashram is for girls and then he had a, he has another ashram in Madurai. So Madurai ashram is for the boys. So, so there were only women in, uh, in, Gujarat in Gujarat ashram. Yeah, other than I think maybe two three men who were there who had to be there for some work. Mm-hmm. Um but even they were like married men. So so basically when you were in Bangalore one randomly they just told you guys that okay we'll be shifting base to Ahmedabad. So the Bangalore ashram still existed or you just Yeah. So Bangalore ashram existed still okay. exists okay mm-hmm. uh gujarat ashram was like a newly created thing so there were like people being moved there to mm-hmm. kind of set things up and all that and they were given a building and mm-hmm. given some space to live and all that stuff um and then like i'm sure like you've seen in the papers and stuff there's like a huge hullabaloo in gujarat like mm-hmm. this parent of uh this this man who has four kids yeah right. all of mm-hmm. who were in the gurukul um basically found out about a lot of stuff uh and then when he started saying i want my kids back home um nityanda basically said like refused tried all sorts of things to make sure that he's not able to take it, take his kids home so he basically got the cops to the gate of the ashram and got tried to get them back and then two of his kids out of the four are minors so they had to be sent back with him right but the two who were not minors they won't uh, let go 
were not let go against their will they were kept there no. or they wanted to not exactly against their will i'm sure that's not yeah. the way they would have handled the situation but mm-hmm. they yeah they were they're also like pretty brainwashed and said you know we don't want to come with you that's the, the i mean that's the most trickiest part because your in your head something else is going on yeah and the fact that it's not overt you know it's exactly. not like explicit non consent exactly. but it yeah. is non consent it's manipulation of it's sorts manipulation. right and you spoke of this gurukul there's apparently been many allegations where uh, apparently kids are uh, put into this uh, small space where they're let to starve and they yeah. cannot go out I of mean, the th- space that's honestly like one of the worst parts of this entire thing is that those kids are not given an education mm-hmm. right there are kids who are 10 11 years old who cannot read they can barely read mm-hmm. kids are not given proper nutrition proper food mm-hmm. when i lived in gujarat i went a year without any proper vegetables forget fruits is like forget it i anyway know i'm not going to get it but no proper vegetables but why why mean? was it he like he does not because once he's like fled the country right it's very difficult for him to access his money all of which is in india if he does then they can track him so money was very tight for him and he had to find like all sorts of ways to get that money from india to wherever he is you guys knew he had fled the country by then or did you were you under the impression that he's gone somewhere i i mean i'm really not sure what everyone else thinks mm-hmm. maybe they buy his story of like oh he like escaping an assassination attempt or whatever but i i was pretty sure that it was okay. because of the court case mm-hmm. but see even that i rationalized because i'm like you know if they put him in jail then he can't do all the good that he's trying to do for the world and mm-hmm. he's thinking about the greater good and not about him mm-hmm. going to jail mm-hmm. which is not true. <laughs> mm-hmm. um so yeah so yeah those kids are like you know they're told like you know manifest powers now or until you are able to see with your third eye you cannot sleep oh my god and this shit doesn't exist or at least it doesn't exist in in whatever's going on there right mm-hmm. so you know they would cheat and they would pretend like they're actually reading where they would just like see through the the eye bands that they would give them and stuff just so that they can go pee or they can go sleep my god oh shit huh um and then they finally exited they found a gate and they were finally able to get out of it is that true the kids yeah no the two of them who are not uh minors are basically now wherever he is oh. with him but i'm glad you managed to get out of the gate here in the <laughs> game at least and then go to level 2 finally <laughs> that was such a drag though i must say yeah, it <laughs> like, took it took us 40 minutes right <laughs> i have never explored a place the way i've explored this forest <laughs> you wouldn't have explored the ashram also so <laughs> <laughs> seriously like at this point i was like you know what slenderman i'm waiting where are you <laughs> but i'm really glad we got to see him the slenderman anyway yeah it was like visiting a natural park or some and yeah. uh, trying to figure out where a particular animal is yeah <laughs> i like think we got we were... so excited at this part like there has to be a park sign here <laughs> yeah <laughs> we were so eager to see slender man like dude show your face man <laughs> enough <laughs> also guys we did not uh, go to google and watch the walk through of the game no, we this we figured everything <laughs> out ourselves, <laughs> ourselves. totally cheating what cheating <laughs> I mean with the way we played it looks like we were trying to figure it out but let me just tell you that even with googling this is how we play <laughs> Seriously master I told gaming. Sid not to google he was like no no I must <laughs> So the guy the game which you see is uh, Slender it's one, it's the first survival horror that came out well that became famous in the year 2012 because of streamers all these streamers started playing this game and they put put up their face 
right next to the game when they were streaming so that people could watch their reactions and that's how survival horror games became so popular many games like slender uh five nights at freddy's that's a crazy game that's actually really scary then amnesia if you guys if you guys are fans of pewdiepie you know that pewdiepie basically became really popular playing amnesia and there were those memes back in the day so we made uh, jacob play this game dude my name is john oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry so what were your thoughts on uh, this game no um i think once we got to the second level it was super fun oh my god he's coming oh wait wait no i tried to run away here okay anyway <laughs> uh yeah i think once we got to the second level it got like really fun and i i totally see the appeal yeah, of it right? yeah right yeah yeah and uh, i don't think it would have been fun if i was playing alone i'd have been terrified out of my mind mm-hmm. <laughs> um but it was actually really fun i just wish i could like run faster like the slow walking frustrates me yeah you you feel like <laughs> you're going up the hill and you're you're panting for <laughs> breath <laughs> nothing's happening yeah yeah but guys it was actually pretty cool that you know joe here uh, joe her name john john <laughs> john you can call me joe i don't mind okay <laughs> joe here she knew exactly where to go she, like she actually remembered the path she'd go into the house and then she'd come back and we were like okay let's go to the jeep and she'd exactly know how to go to the jeep sitting so i like how are you doing this oh that's oh, the, the, yeah that just came for a split second oh yeah. see you you I missed, it missed it last time oh she missed it she missed it <laughs> <laughs> as good as it is your chance <laughs> Yeah, we're just waiting for him <laughs> but uh yeah i've i think uh, the overall experience of playing this game was amazing yeah, yeah. i think uh, this is like a great game to play with friends yeah exactly <laughs> yeah maybe and, not alone <laughs> and we're all friends here playing the game so i think it's a full circle there i think at this point we didn't run we were just like okay just show, just us, show us your, your face <laughs> <laughs> we want to see who we are dealing with yeah did i collect the thing The, the note or the yeah you were more yeah. like fuck it let me just collect it and <laughs> yeah. then uh, let's see what happens Mm-mm-mm-mm. now he gets mad now he gets mad there 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 you saw yeah 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 it's like spotting a tiger <laughs> he, why does he have a suit <laughs> i need to know like the lore what's the back story <laughs> <laughs> just wants to be dressed well dressed dude <laughs> i guess <laughs> he used to be at uh, parks in the night and he used to abduct children that's his story oh and dude somehow this game you're going through it and slenderman is not coming slenderman is not coming you know how people keep saying there's no such thing as the ghost <laughs> so <laughs> you just think yeah there's no such thing as slenderman i feel like i just played it so badly that he's like Ugh, not worth it dude <laughs> i think she actually played pretty well yeah i think so right <laughs> yeah 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 but there's the next one Wait yeah. for it. It said, "Don't look," and that's exactly what we did. We're like, look at your face. Oh yeah, we just <laughs> wanted to see the guy. Yeah. Ah, there. Yeah, there he is. There he comes. <laughs> <laughs> is it weird? I can't see him now. No, no, he's he's behind. I think. Ah, oh, there, there. Oh yeah. What's up? Game over. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of this episode guys i know you're all like so what happened next did she get out of it did she not get out of it what's happening so i think you'll have to stay tuned and wait for it in the next episode because this series has like two parts to it 
Did you have a two-part interview, Oprah? I don't think so. <laughs> and next week we are going to come back with John and talk to uh, them about their personal experience, going more into detail at uh, Nityananda's ashram, and also cult behavior. So stay tuned, guys. And also, if you like this episode, please like us. on youtube subscribe to our channel and also we're also available on spotify so you can check us out there as well and guys just follow us on instagram we really put our fun content there and there's always something for you to engage with so yeah that's brings us to the end congratulations to romel once again for winning the uh, #usaidweplayed we will deliver, deliver you your collectible by next week and we hope you like it also Thanks a lot John for coming and joining us. I had a great time and I can't wait for part 2. <laughs> we, right. we also can't wait for part 2. <laughs> I hope you also you guys also can't wait. So yeah, stay tuned guys. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.